Minneapolis. Go It's the show where Indy comes to talk. Open lines with Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. We are Indy's hip hop station. Hot 100.9. Hold up. Good morning to you, Indianapolis. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, coming to you live on this Sunday, September 3rd, 2023, live on 106.7 WTLC and Hot 100.9. On the show this morning, we're getting an up-close look and discussion about the latest happenings at the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department. We'll be joined by no, no, no other then IMPD Chief Randall Taylor. He's standing by on our live line. We're going to talk with him about a number of things, including uh, what has been in the headlines over the past month, including uh, what has been in the headlines just this weekend. This morning, it is a violent and a deadly morning in Indianapolis with at least three people who have been shot, including uh, one that has died on the northwest side. Then, additionally, two have died in a shooting on Indy's near northwest side. Um, This also coming on a weekend where IMPD is watching what happens with a canine that was stabbed in an officer-involved shooting that has sent a canine officer and a suspect uh, to the hospital. We'll ask Chief about the latest on that. If you were with us last week, then you know that we had a lengthy discussion where we... I pulled the receipts on Chief's record as there have been members of the community and the black clergy who have called for uh, Chief Taylor to resign. I can tell you this morning that Chief Taylor has no intention on resigning from his job as chief of IMPD. At least he did last Sunday. We'll see what he has to say here this morning. You have the opportunity to talk with the chief this morning to ask your questions yourself. 317-239-1009. We'll be going to the phones in just a few moments. But first, we start the show uh, by bringing on Chief Randall Taylor, who is on our live line. Sir, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Um, let's take it right off the top. Last week, we had a show uh, where we pulled through some of the records of of yours, uh, you'd have you've been accused um, by um, the black clergy of Indianapolis of not holding officers accountable and not being transparent. Uh, it is just a simple fact that when it comes to accountability, a number of officers have been fired under your um, leadership for. Uh, the misconduct that they were accused and then in some cases convicted of. And when it comes to transparency, some of those officers uh, lost their jobs because of what they did was captured on the body cameras that you as chief uh, brought to the department. So when it comes to transparency, um, it's been very transparent. And I should point out that transparency is also part of when you uh, respond to media requests for interviews, for information, and uh, whether it be here or at Fox 59 or when I was at uh, Channel 6, you've always answered uh, the phone 
uh, and answered questions, showed up in person, showed up on the phone um, in my experience. So with that said, when it comes to accountability and transparency, um, your track record on that just factually is pretty strong. What do you say to uh, people who question that? And at last check, you had no intention of resigning. Is that still the case? Yeah, oh yeah, that's still the case. I think there's a, a number of things I'd still like to try to get accomplished. I mean, uh, eventually, uh, you know, I'll step aside at some point, and uh, just not right now. But, uh, you know, uh, transparency and accountability has been something that uh, has been important to me since I started the job. And, and you know, this is my 36th year in law enforcement, and I know that uh, – uh, there's some people that I probably am never going to convince that uh, I really am trying to work on their behalf, but uh, I, I get it. Uh, you know, obviously I'm not perfect, but I'm striving to do uh, the best that I can do. And uh, uh, I've shared this with you before. I believe God me God has me here in this role at this time for for a reason. And, and until I uh, feel otherwise, or until I'm uh, uh, told that I'm no longer needed in that role, and I'm going to keep trying to do my best. Um, there are other things that are going on in IMPD that uh, have been more headline-making. I mean, there have been—the reason I spend so much time on that is because there has not been a time where we've—where your accountability style or your uh, transparency style— had come into to question in an, in a in any way other than in this press conference by the concerned clergy. That is not, uh, and I'm just I just want uh, folks to understand that's not an issue we've. And when I say we, I mean people in the media have had. Um, those are typically where the calls come start. That we we don't have a, a chief that's doesn't respond, doesn't talk to the media, doesn't answer questions, uh, and, and that happens in other cities. That may have happened at other times in INP in IMPD, but uh, I, I just want to be completely fair and clear and let folks know that that has not been uh, the experience that we've had with this um, chief. So again, chief, thank you for being uh, being available to talk. Um, well, I, yeah, and I understand. You know, uh, you know, I've got a, a strong connection with the media from <laughs> with my wife. Yes. So I know. That I, you guys got important jobs to do, and I know sometimes the questions are tough, but, um, you know, I, I feel it's uh, it's my responsibility to answer those questions, at least the best of my ability. And as for uh, the concerned clergy group, you know, they they have their opinion. Um, I, I know a number of them on there, and um, like I said, you know, I'm probably not going to make everybody happy, and uh, but I'm going to keep striving to do what I can do. And I don't want to... Um... Uh, discredit any one person's experience. I'm telling you my experience that I've had with this chief compared to other places that I work. We've got people who don't want to answer the phone, who don't want to talk, who don't want to answer questions, who won't do uh, press conferences, some of them right here in Indiana. Uh, But I don't know what everybody else's experience is, but I'm telling you that mine, um, and I know members, I've spoken with other members of the media, and uh, it was kind of head-scratching. But what is also head-scratching, Chief, are some of the things that, quite honestly, are not in your control, um, in your immediate control. And that is, unfortunately, in the past 30 days, uh, 
there have been three um, officer involved uh, shooting situations. Uh, this latest one just this weekend is the third. Um, there's also been a situation where um, a bicyclist uh, was killed when they were involved in a vehicle collision with an IMPD car. So unfortunately, this past month, over the past 30 days, every week, uh, there has been something um, that has been in the news that has been concerning and angry, angering, frustrating um, for people of Indianapolis. Let's start overall. When you look at this past 30 days, how would you describe it? Well, it's, uh, it, I mean, I will agree. It's, it's concerning. Um, a little confused on the one with the uh, accident with the bicyclist. That, that was indeed an accident. Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot we could do with that. Um, uh, obviously, the, the, uh, the other shootings are things that uh, uh, we review those. Those kind of things happen. Uh, and we'll continue to do that uh, to see if there's different ways we could have handled it. Uh, the this latest one this weekend, uh, where our canine was was uh, injured, um, not not a whole lot of difference, uh, not a whole lot of changes we could really um, make with that. But we'll still review it. Uh, the one uh, with the motorist uh, still under review, obviously. Um, uh, you know, they are, they're always going to be concerned whether, whether or not, uh, they're within policy or not. Uh, the, the goal is to, uh, is to make sure people are safe on both sides, our officers and, and our, our public. So, uh, we'll continue to review those things and make changes where we can. Uh, you know, we made a, a major change back, uh, years ago mm-hmm. before I uh, the Aaron Bailey shooting, mm-hmm. uh, you know, time and distance was what the officers were taught uh, after that. You know, no need to go right up on a vehicle uh, in a situation like that and make sure you have a barrier so that you, you know, if someone does fire at you, uh, you've got some type of cover. So uh, we do learn from these things. Um, uh, but unfortunately, uh, things sometimes still do happen. I know there may be some things that you can't um, tell us, but I'm going to ask a question anyway. Um, When it comes to this latest uh, shooting that just happened, uh, it involved a uh, the canine who was stabbed. The canine name is Ringo, but this started with the suspect of a break in um, who at last check was in stable condition after. being shot by an IMPD officer. The suspect is 24-year-old Brandon Ramirez. Um, IMPD responded on Friday night about 7.54, just before 8 o'clock at night, uh, over on Raymond Street to a response of a break-in. Officers at the scene reportedly saw signs of uh, forced entry into a business. The the owner also saw someone inside the building on security cameras. Police say canine officers located the suspect near the front door desk of the business and gave repeated commands to surrender Ringo, a police service dog, then engaged with the suspect. At some point, the dog was stabbed multiple times. At least one canine officer, canine officer, an officer meaning who is in charge of that canine, 
discharged their weapon, striking the suspect at least once. The suspect was taken into custody uh, and then taken into critical condition. Uh, he was in critical condition and taken to Eskenazi. Uh, last check is stable. Um, IMPD confirmed that no officers were injured during the incident. However, of course, the canine was taken to uh, the emergency vet hospital in critical condition. We've been told uh, Ringo, at last check, is also now in stable uh, condition. IMPD says that the uh, canine dog had three stab wounds. Um, Chief, is there anything in that report, which is on Fox59.com right now, uh, that you can add to or that has been updated, especially regarding the condition of Ringo or the suspect, Mr. Ramirez? No, that's that's a pretty complete report. I haven't heard anything uh, different uh, this morning. Uh, obviously, I, I'm, I get advised that there's changes in uh, either Ringo or Mr. Ramirez's status. Is there um, what typically happens? I mean, in all of these cases, what is the common uh, practice the officer who fires their weapon be, goes on uh, administrative leave. Can you explain that? Yeah, uh, officers either directly or sometimes even indirectly, they're involved in a critical incident, uh, are put on administrative leave uh, for a, a period of time until uh, they have an opportunity to speak with one of our psychiatrists to make sure that they are, uh, have the ability to go back to work. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, if there's more to it, uh, an officer may be charged criminally. Uh, sometimes they're not put back in uh, into service uh, back on the street uh, right away. It all just depends on, on the case uh, and, and what's there. Uh, we, haven't, we haven't reviewed uh, this latest one, so uh, hard to say uh, what will happen with that officer, but they'll be off for uh, at least for a number of days until that review can happen. Um, and, and when you say off, does that mean they're they're at home paid, or, do, or is that is that desk duty paid? What does that typically mean? It, it depends on how long. So so uh, they are paid uh, while they're in this uh, leave status, um, but uh, we do have them do other other duties uh, besides working the street. Uh, when they're in this position. Gotcha. Uh, so, so you know, you could have a case where um, an officer is only off for a matter of, of, of just a few days before they're put back into the uh, in, into their normal duties, and then there's others that could take uh, a lot more time, sometimes even months or longer. Um, there were other incidents that happened uh, this month, which I'll ask you about here in a moment, including the man who was uh, wielding a machete, uh, on August 27th, that was just last Sunday night. And then, of course, mm -hmm. earlier on August 3rd, there was 49-year-old um, Gary Dwayne Harrell who was shot and killed. Um, that incident, we know what happened because it was captured on um, Officer Douglas Correll's body camera, which uh, that video has been published uh, to YouTube. Before I ask you about these two, I I'm going to take you back to last December on a case that we just hadn't heard about and I haven't heard a lot about recently and I've asked some of my other reporter friends if they've heard anything. The case of Anthony Macklin. Uh, this was the gentleman who was in his grandmother's driveway uh, sleeping. Grandma did not recognize the vehicle um, and so she called 911. Turns out um, only after IMPD um, arrived and uh, tried to wake him up that it was 
revealed and realized that that was her grandson who was driving a rental car. And rather than go in the house to wake grandma up in the middle of the night, he decided to sleep in the car. But in the process of him being uh, woken up, he was shot um, by IMPD. And I, off the top of my head, I want to say there were at least 30 were there 30 shots fired in that situation? I have to pull that report up here in just a second. But um, what is the latest on that? We haven't heard much from that since the body camera video was released back in February. Yeah, that one is still uh, still being reviewed, although we have um, already addressed that in, in training. Uh, that was certainly uh, concerning uh, as well. Um you know, just a number of unfortunate circumstances surrounding that. But uh, I will say that uh, uh, there's got to be a different training. That that one, I don't believe, should have ended the way it, it did. I'm just glad that Mr. Macklin uh, wasn't killed in that. Um, but those things are still, uh, of course, under review. And that's like I told you, some of these things will take uh, months. Uh, sometimes we're waiting uh, to see what the prosecutor's office is going to do, if they're going to actually charge uh, officers in that case or or not. Uh, as you are already aware, um, we have a uh, use of force board that is uh, predominantly run uh, by civilians. Uh, they get all of these cases IMTD to use force, but they don't get them until after the uh, criminal uh, cases are settled. So sometimes that takes a while, but uh, that will be one that they will review, just like uh, all the other cases uh, will be reviewed by them. And then they'll make a determination as to whether or not they believe that that was within our policy or not. And then they'll make a re recommendation to me uh, for a final uh, assessment. But that doesn't come until after the, you you don't recommend, you don't necessarily make a recommendation on that officer's employment future until the um, criminal investigation and the internal investigation is done. Is that is that correct? That is correct. In in in, in most circumstances, uh, partially because uh, if the prosecutor's office does file criminal charges that are of a felony level, and that officer would be convicted of a felony then really it's a moot point because uh, they they wouldn't be able to be law enforcement officers. So, uh, you know, the, the, the pathway is pretty clear uh, really at that point. So uh, we, we often take a wait and see approach. And that doesn't mean if, if an officer is charged with a crime and ultimately is not convicted um, in a criminal court, uh, that we still don't take steps to, to terminate that employment. But at that point, it goes to uh, the Civilian Merit Board for the final judgment. It goes off of my recommendation, but uh, in, in, in this county, I, I cannot fire anybody. I can make a recommendation of the termination, but ultimately um, the Merit Board makes that decision if there's not a, a felony uh, and that was the question I was going to ask you, because I, I feel like I remember there have been some times where you have publicly said that this officer should be fired rather quickly. And I don't know if is that just that because the process on that one just went faster and there was um, or was that you just saying this is what I'm going to recommend regardless of what they ultimately decide? Sure. Well, and, and even, uh, you know, not to bring up uh, Aaron Bailey, but even in that case, you know, 
that was the recommendation, although I wasn't the chief at that time. Um, but uh, there was no uh, criminal charges filed and, and uh, under the merit board. The merit board didn't believe the officers uh, should be fired. So uh, that really comes down. Now, this is a different merit mm -hmm. board now, but, uh, uh, but yeah, it depends on the circumstances. You know, um, when I looked at the Huxley video that we came, uh, was brought to our attention, mm -hmm. uh, Huxley was the sergeant that uh, stomped to the, uh, uh, the gentleman on the uh, circle. Uh, it was it was very obvious, uh, uh, and in that situation, you know, I I did recommend termination, uh, and it did go criminal, and he was convicted, so uh, he's no longer a member of the department. We're gonna get ready to go, getting ready to go to the phones three one seven two three nine one zero zero nine three one seven two three nine one zero zero nine. Chief, the other two incidents that happened uh, this month before I bring the phones. Uh, was, again, the man who was wielding a machete on August 27th. That was a week ago tonight. Uh, that incident was caught on a lot of different cameras. Our cameras at Fox 59 were there and rolling and caught it. Uh, there were also a number of people who were uh, on Facebook Live and saw that situation unfold live on the Internet. What is your immediate reaction uh, with that situation, and what can you tell us about uh, the latest on that investigation? Well, that one's still pretty fresh and new. Um, I mean, I, obviously, I saw uh, the body camera from the officers, and I saw the, the Facebook stuff, a very unfortunate set of circumstances. I do want to clarify, though, in some of the, the things I've heard, people thought that uh, we should have used beanbags and those kind of things, and I will tell you that we did. And unfortunately, uh, Mr. Gilbert, uh, did charge the officers with machete, and they used uh, beanbags, um, pepper balls, and a taser uh, before going to weapons. But it was one of those situations evolving so quickly, and with a deadly weapon, um, uh, he was he was shot and killed. Uh, that that again will be another thing that will be under under review, but. Uh, you know, it, it brings up an interesting point because I, I heard a lot of different comments. Uh, I will tell you, our officers are are truly amazing. I'll take this time to applaud each and every one of them for the work that they do. Um, they are they are amazing, uh, really superheroes in a lot of ways. People often, I don't think, understand that um, they make a lot of contacts with people, and we only hear about the really uh, bad ones. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the men and women of the IMPD are, are, are trained the best that we can train them. Uh, they do a remarkable job and have to make incredible life uh, changing decisions in an extremely short period of time. And uh, what we are hoping to do, we've done it in the past, but uh, we haven't done it recently. I'd like to get back to it is the kind of a, we used to call it police for a day where we let people come out to the training academy and see what that training is like. Mm -hmm. And have a machine, uh, 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 basically a shooting simulator uh, that really shows people how quickly things happen. Uh, uh, you know, deals with uh, action versus reaction uh, in deadly scenarios and those kind of things. And typically when people come away from that, uh, they have a, a different respect for law enforcement and the incredible things that our men and women have to deal with. And 
Uh, like I said, we, we're people, so I won't say we're perfect, um, but I would encourage people when, when we do open that up to come and check that out and make sure that you have a, a, a really a fair view of what our officers are up against on a daily basis. They, they do incredible work. And we don't talk about all those contacts with difficult people uh, that don't end in violence. But I will tell you that someone coming at you with a machete, um, uh, that's that's different. <laughs> Machetes can can certainly uh, kill you quickly, uh, and, and so you know. Unfortunately, when people make those kind of decisions, we have to take actions. I expect our officers to protect themselves uh, and others. In 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 that, uh, well, first you you talked about the the police officer for a day training. When do you think that'll get opened up? Because I've done uh, that in Arizona on a. Um, active shooter situation where I was the officer who responded to a building and there were people inside and you didn't, it was dark. You didn't know who immediately, who was a hostage and who was the shooter uh, and people were hiding. Uh, and so it, it is absolutely an eye opening um, situation to be in. When do you think that'll reopen in Indy? Well, I, I would like it to open up before the year's out. I don't know if that'll be a possibility. Obviously it takes time to, to set that up, but if it doesn't happen, uh, by the end of the year, certainly will be in the beginning of next year. Um, before we go, we're going to take a commercial break here in a second, but let me ask you on this situation with the machete. You talked about um, how there were uh, pepper balls used and different uh, non-lethal um, things that had been used before the suspect was ultimately shot and killed. Were those non-lethal um, means used throughout the evening or was this all at one time because i ask when just before the shots were fired and when i say just before i mean in the seconds leading up you hear a number of different pops that all sound different uh, you hear some pops you hear some bangs which uh, sounded like they would be the flash bangs and then uh, a second or two later then you hear uh gunshots I take it in that incidence that some of those would have been those pepper balls or different things that you would use. And you even hear um, the, the taser wind up all in that, in those couple of seconds, you can hear it. Was that when all the non-lethal things were happening or were there things uh, prior to that one particular moment where they had tried also uh, to get that suspect down without uh, using a gun? Well, you know, in that situation, they were out there for quite a while. You know, they were making efforts to try to uh, talk him into a submission. Uh, and when that didn't work, at, at one point, I know, uh, uh, once he started the movement towards the officers, things happened quickly. So I think that what you're probably hearing is is just the, the end result of his actions moving towards the officers. Uh, I know the the you're right. You can hear the different noises and stuff, and you heard the pepper balls, you mm -hmm. heard the tape, heard um, the beanbag rounds, and then you could obviously hear the gunshots. But those things, uh, I believe, were at the end of that. We're all at the end, so it so it's not. Is it? Do you believe that there were any additional outside of that moment that was all captured on video in one fifteen second span? Were there additional times that a taser or beanbag had been uh, fired before that particular video clip? Not to my knowledge. Okay. But again, 
these are things we have not reviewed that the executive staff reviews all of these things. So that one will be coming up here uh, probably within the next week uh, where we'll review and break those things down and slow those down. Uh, and then also uh, we get a report from um, obviously the internal affairs group and, and uh, other people that were out there to make sure we know exactly what was going on uh, during that incident. So that really escalated um, from, uh, and I'll, I'll try, I'll try to play the clip so that you can hear it, but, um, you can hear the beanbags, the flashbangs, the taser, all of that, and the gunshots. And I'd say in about a 15 second span. So just in that, uh, and the gunshots were last, what sounded like beanbags were first, the taser was in the middle, the flashbang was also in the middle. Um, but in a, in that 15, 20 second span, that's how quickly things uh, escalated there. Yeah, that's fine. Now, so like and like I said, uh, uh, the review of that uh, hasn't occurred yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I know what I heard initially, mm-hmm. uh, but and I think what your statements are, are correct. Um, but I won't. I, I can't comment right. too deeply because I have, we haven't reviewed it that way. I don't want to go off into something that I'm not really sure. But uh, no, absolutely, I've heard. Up to now, uh, yes, that is my understanding. Okay, so you you heard what I heard, and I'm not an expert, so I wanted to verify that. And, of course, the experts are reviewing the entire footage because, again, um, we saw just a portion of what was an hours-long ordeal. All right, we're going to go to the phones, uh, but we need to take a commercial break. Uh, Chief, last question before I take a commercial break, and then we're going to go to the phones. The officers with the Anthony Macklin situation that that I brought up, that was from uh, New Year's Eve. That's been, uh, well, it's it's September 3rd now. So nine months. Have those officers been on leave for nine months, or what's their, uh, where are they right now? Uh, they are uh, in different capacities as far as I know right now. Okay. So... When we say administratively, that doesn't typically mean sitting at home on the couch and no, getting paid. No, 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 no. We There's plenty of things to do on the department uh, uh, that don't require an officer to be working the street. Um, uh, uh, but no, they're, they're not just sitting at home. OK, so they are working, just not out on the street. OK. All right, uh, let's take a commercial break. 317-239-1009, 317-239-1009. Phone lines are already full, so we're going to stay on the phones for the rest of the show. Uh, if you're hearing a busy signal, that means the lines are full. Just keep trying. If the phone is ringing in your ear, that means you're up next. And if you hear my voice through the phone, that means you are the next three people that will be on the radio. So don't hang up because you're the next three. You're listening live uh, to Open Lines on 106.7 WTLC and Hot 100.9. I'm Indy's Newsman. We're back with more with IMPD Chief Randall Taylor next.
Headlines is Indy's favorite Sunday morning show. It's the show that brings you news about what's happening in Indy and around the world with Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. It's the show where Indy comes to talk. It's Open Lines with Cameron Riddle. And we are back here on 106.7 WTLC and Hot 100.9. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. We're talking live this morning for the entire hour with IMPD Chief Randall Taylor, who, if you missed it at the top of the show, says he has no intention on resigning. All right, Chief has spent the first half hour uh, answering my questions that I've had about a number of cases uh, that have happened with IMPD that I've covered and have had uh, questions that had not been addressed or answered yet, and he answered them. So thank you uh, for doing that, Chief. He is back on our live line, and now we're going to turn the phones and the questions over to you. Here's the one thing that I'm going to ask, is that everybody be quick and respectful. Uh, I know a lot of this is frustrating. Much of it is frustrating. It's frustrating for me to talk about. I've told y'all that it is uh, frustrating for me to go cover these all the time. Oftentimes you see uh, what are now dead bodies laying on the ground for one reason or another. And so uh, this stuff is difficult. Uh, so with that said, um, let's just be respectful. Uh, again, we thank Chief for his time and his transparency. There's not been a question that I've asked that he has not um, answered. And so I expect that he will give you uh, nonetheless. But so uh, with that said, let's go to the phones. It's yours for the rest of the show. 317-239-1009. Chief, are you ready? Yes, sir. Okay, here we go. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? You know, let's, you know like I said, the chief needs, the IMPD needs to have a commissioner appointed to handle their money. But I want to talk about the uh, concerned clergy. They have not convened in almost three years. Uh, you know, I got the bylaws. I'm the sergeant of arms of the concerned clergy, right? Been with them for 30 years. I've never seen this happen where they suspended the bylaws and Pastor Green and, and uh, Reverend Alexander are going out there with issues. You know, it used to be when we had an issue in the concerned clergy, all the lay members got to examine it and vote on it before it uh, went out in a press release. They're not doing that now. They're just rickshotting over our foundation and over whatever dues are being paid in and have not given any account to their members. I think that they need to be investigated because they're certainly doing wrong when you don't inform your members and you're taking the uh, organization like the Concerned Clergy, which used to be a very nice uh, organization, and they voted on who they wanted to have in their leadership. None of that has happened over the last three years. And there's no excuse, Cameron, because the NAACP, with their membership, have been reconvened for the last two years. So, you know, Reverend Alexander and Pastor Green, I know both of them, right? Now, I think that they're doing wrong when they bring issues to the table in this city that are so prevalent, and then they don't get the input from the, from the body of the concerned clergy on any of these issues, and they're basically out there selling the brand of the concerned clergy and then not apprising their membership of anything they're doing. We have a big membership. Most of the politicians came to the concerned clergy. Well, From let me, Maggie Lewis, Bob on down. Let but, me stop you, you for know, time right there, Larry, but I do I want I thank thank you for saying you that. They need to be investigated. Well, Larry, I want you to know I failed last week to tell this part uh when I was talking about the receipts that I had pulled on uh the chief's record. Before last week's show, 
I asked the concerned clergy to come on last week's show. I wanted them to be the guests and talk about why they were calling uh, for the chief. And, And let me be clear. I wanted to know why a black group of ministers were doing something unusual, especially in the fact that they were calling for a black chief to resign for his job. Typically, this of any station is the one that they will want to come on on WTLC. But I'm going to keep it real with y'all. I forgot to explain this. That when I made the call to the concerned clergy, inviting them to come on the show, the phone call lasted all of about 15 seconds where the woman who answered the phone, uh, I asked, would they be able to come on? She said no. I said, okay, do you at least want to ask them if if they come on and then get back to me? She said, they're going to tell me no. They're and, nothing but a scam. And That's what they are. They, she said they had uh, services to get to on, on Sunday morning, and, and nobody was available. And that was our 15-second call. They're nothing but a scam. Draining our foundation and draining our uh, dues that we paid into them over the years. I mean, the CERN clergy used to be on the up and up, but I don't know where Pastor Green and Reverend Alexander think they're going. But, you know, I'm the, I'm the sergeant of arms, right? So I can't let it happen. All right. Well, I got to go. I be investigated. Thank you much, sir. I called, tried Mm -hmm. to get that question that you have, tried to get that answered, uh, and they were not available uh, to come on the show uh, last week. But we called Chief. Chief's here. All right. uh, Let's keep going. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? How are you doing? Good. Brother Motep here, and I won't be as long as Larry, but I just got a just direct question for Mm -hmm. the chief. and. I've seen Deion Sanders yesterday in his press conference for football get asked some tougher questions what I'm hearing today, but that's neither here nor there. Chief, I'm reading from the Bureau of Justice Statistics. I'm a, I'm a scientist, so I go with evidence. And science, the evidence says black residents experience police misconduct at 12 times the rate of white residents. During traffic stops, black and Hispanic people were the most likely groups to experience search or arrest. Meanwhile, white people were the least likely to receive a ticket and the most likely to get off with a warning during a traffic stop. The misdiscretion and lack of accountability police have when making traffic stops leaves too much room for racially biased questioning and enforcement. You are a black chief. I'm almost 60, and I'm an African-American man. Can we just be honest that we have some racial profiling and some racially biased policing going on? I'm, I'm hearing you do a lot of protecting with Cameron's questions, but as black to black, I guess I just read you the evidence. I just read you the evidence. I can go to 17 research points to point out this evidence. We see videos of white people beating up police, and nothing happens. We know what happened in Uvalde, where they wouldn't even charge in. Parkland, where they wouldn't even charge in. There are black police officers suing departments over being pulled over, racially profiled, guns put to them. Black police officers. Can you at least admit that this is a problem? Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I, I can admit that there's a problem with that. Um, like I said, I've been in this job for 36 years. We don't always do it right. Um, now, you're bringing up things from all across the country. Mm-hmm. I couldn't give you specifics on Indianapolis. I, I believe my officers uh, do a great job, but I won't sit here and tell you that it couldn't happen or that maybe it's not happening. I, I can't read the minds of all of my officers. All I can tell you is that when those things are brought to my attention, I take action on them. Uh, we train uh, to keep those things from happening. But, uh, no, I, I, no reason to, to doubt that uh, in some circumstances those things uh, probably can and, and do happen here in India. I caught that little uh, 
I'm going to say it was a subtle dig, uh, Imhotep, um, when you said you've heard um, harder questions. I just spent 30 minutes asking this man direct questions about his actions, and he answered them. So uh, you asked him a general question about other people. Um, so I literally asked this man to held him accountable for what he's did, and then you complained, threw a little subtle jab in there, uh, but wanted to ask him about a bunch of other different departments. So I don't know what you want, but uh, if you've listened to Chief, that's the thing. I don't go, I'm not going to, I don't ask him those type of questions because he's been on this show enough that he's answered them. He's the type of chief that will just straight up say what you said. Yeah, that's a problem. You make it seem like that was something difficult for him to do. And if you've listened to him, he has come out uh, a number of times and, uh, I mean, when when George Floyd uh, died, he didn't wait for there to be protests to say to to update the IMPD um, practices to say we ain't doing chokeholds here. Don't do it. Um, so I only said that because I caught a little subtle jab. All right. Three one seven two three nine one zero zero. Now I'll go back to the phones. I'm done. All right. Call her on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Uh, good morning. Hi. Good morning. You're live on the air. Turn your radio down for me a little bit. OK. Uh, I just, I just want to say, uh, congratulations, Steve. I'm glad you're not resigning. Uh, you know who this is. Uh, I don't want to put my name out there, but, uh, I just wanted to tell you, thank you for all the hard work that you do and keep your head up and I will continue to pray for you. Thank you. Bye. All right. Well, thank you for that. Cameron, uh, if I could just add mm-hmm. uh, to the, the last caller, mm-hmm. part, of, part of some of the problem that we have is um, those things are going on. A lot of times we're not told uh, that those things are going on. Uh, I will tell you that um, the, uh, uh, the board uh, that oversees our policies uh, has made a request, and, and we're doing our best to to track that. Uh, they wanted information on traffic stops, you know, uh, across the board, uh, kind of similar to what he was talking about, you know, uh, who is getting tickets, who's getting warnings, and those kind of things. Uh, that's going to take some time to compile uh, that data, mm-hmm. uh, but but we are working in that direction. I know some other cities have, have done that. And, uh, you know, it was presented to me uh, in such a way that they wanted to use it, use that data to try to help out uh, communities where that's going on. Uh, and I've, I've obviously got no, no problem with that, but we will be tracking that here in the near future, um, the, the race of, of the driver. Uh, who the officer is, what was the reason for the stop, and those kind of things. So uh, it should be be interesting to see that uh, once we get that uh, that data stream. Three one seven two three nine one zero zero nine. Caller on line one. You're on the air with the chief. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning, Cameron. Good morning, Chief Taylor. Good morning, uh, Chief Taylor. Uh, I got to go on the record here and say, you're doing a great job. You're a very honorable man and you are not responsible for the ongoing stupid behavior in what I call a uh, crime and violence pandemic going on here in Indianapolis. 
This is not a black, brown, or white issue or situation. It is a pandemic, and you're doing the best you can do. And I appreciate that and send you my gratitude. And you guys have a great day. Thank you for the call. Appreciate you. Thank you, sir. 317-239-1009. Caller on two. Good morning. You're live with the chief. Who's this? Hey, Cam, I believe that's me. That is you. Good morning. I believe that's me. That's you. Good morning, Cam, and good morning, Chief. Uh, I want to say exactly what the gentleman said before me, and then there was a young lady who said she knew the Chief, uh, nothing but praise. I stand behind you 100%. Uh, I believe a lot of us do. Uh, We just can't get through on Tina's show, but a lot of us stand behind you, and we, we appreciate what you've done. Thank you, Chief. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Thank you for the call. Appreciate you. 317-239-1009. Questions or comments uh, for Chief Taylor, who is uh, live on the air. That's why that's the greatest thing about this show. If you don't like the questions that I ask, I give you the phone number, and you can ask them yourself. 317-239-1009. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Greetings. I mean, how are you today? I'm good. How are you, man? I um I'm I'm better and um you know I'm sitting in my car and I know I shouldn't be out here but uh you know I told you this is near and dear to my heart uh that we get some type of uh, of resolutions or solutions here first of all I want everybody to understand that I am not defending uh Chief Randall Taylor I am I am defending Randall Taylor this man um everybody if anybody knows me they know that the House of the Almighty is really just ran by me and he uh, sent me down there to talk uh, uh, with the uh, people down at the jail. I'm calling them people right now because I'm getting ready to make a point. Mm-hmm. What y'all don't understand is, is that uh, there are people that work in this environment, and they're so ego-driven that they pretty much stab the chief in the back and the other people that are in jail in the back. Okay, I went down there with a program. It was a simple program, just simply uh, giving people, uh, putting up posters, giving the people that were getting out of jail uh, 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 places to go to look for jobs, insurance, and these types of things. But the chaplain, and I'm real now, this is where I'm coming in. These daggone clergy men and all these other people, I've been over to the 10 point coalition and all of that. Mm -hmm. All these programs are garbage and they're crap. Well, let me tell you with the man of color, that is the the, uh, the chaplain at the jail told me that I was trying to reinvent the wheel, so on and so forth. In other words, uh, we had a meeting for an hour that came up to be nothing. Got a time Seven limit. Go, keep time. going. Hurry, wrap okay, it up. So I'm trying to go fast. <laughs> uh, and then Frank Anderson, which wasn't the sheriff, he was at, he was after Frank Anderson. I met Frank Anderson down at the city county building. I told him what happened uh, over at the jail. And he had this, the chaplain call me. The chaplain did not say, Mr. Reeves, uh, maybe we need to have another meeting. No, he was trying to defend what he'd done. So there's a lot of people, guys, that are in these positions and the people of color, okay, that are in these positions that are so ego-driven and they backstabbing. And, and, and as far as the clergy go, y'all need to get a grip. I want everybody today to read that last page of Revelation. Y'all figure it out. I'm not on here to tell you. I'm not giving you your thoughts. Read it. Figure it out. And uh, Mr. Taylor, you are a great man. You are honest, dude. You straightforward and you don't mess around. 
When I told you what my ideas and programs or what my thoughts were, you sent me directly uh, uh, to go uh, to, to make sure that these things are accomplished and achieved. This man cares not only about people. He does not create or develop the law. He don't create the policies that protect the police department, the police rather, because there's no loopholes, y'all. All right. These, I got to stop these you. These, okay. Anyway, so anyway. Thank <laughs> I got to stop you. Time. Thank you. Thank you, and thank you. you. And I hope you have a wonderful day. And I hope you feel better, man. Thanks for letting me know what was going on. Appreciate you. Thank you, man. All right, 317-239-1009. Chief, we're going to keep going, get some more calls in here. Rapid fire. Uh, caller on, that was three, so we will go back to one. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Lisa. Hi, Lisa. You're live on the air with the Chief. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, Chief Taylor, Um, I, I used to go to Dunn's school there when you would come and talk to the community. And I had an opportunity to talk to you about a couple incidents that I saw on a Sunday one time. It was, was a truancy and a young lady that was being pretty much abused, and they videotaped. The family was videotaping and letting them know that the father was coming to get her. I just happened to be down there on a Sunday, and the Holy Spirit let me over there. And I asked you also about an account that I saw where they were kind of your the officers were kind of swarming in the neighborhood, and the the officer had his gun out pointed when the guy was already on the ground and subdued. If you looked into it and maybe, or if you didn't, doesn't matter. What would you say to those situations and on those officers to fix it? Because it just was like random when they were uh, chasing whoever they were chasing. The cars were going, it was just, it wasn't precision or anything. I felt like I could have got shot in that situation. So what... Sure. Uh, well, unfortunately, this doesn't sound familiar to me. However, I I can go with what you're telling me. Um, right. uh, yeah, I, I, I get it. People are concerned whenever officers have guns out. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't think I have enough uh, evidence, factual evidence to, to let you know what was going on there. I know officers will indeed have weapons out when they're uh, affecting an arrest. Um, okay. But hope, hopefully, uh, they don't have it out for an extended period of time, and they they should be keeping in mind uh, their surroundings and and other people and and what could potentially happen there. Um, but uh, I, I apologize if that gave you concern. I'm glad it doesn't sound like it, it it turned out bad, but certainly I understand. Right. Uh, but it could have. Concerns. And the, the young lady yeah. situation, the truancy situation, I just happened to be over there and see that. I was just like they were. Five white officers just abusing her, and it's just like, just hold on. And I said to the officers, just, just don't, like, do that to her. Just She's already handcuffed. Uh, all right, <laughs> thank know, you. So, so anyway, all right. All right, thank on. you. Thank you much. We're getting to the end of the show. Got to r- get ready to wrap up here. Thank you so much. Uh, caller on line two, real quick. Good morning. Who's this? You're live on the air. City Council William Duke Oliver. Yes, Councilman, I give you about you 30 doing? seconds. How are you? Oh, just great. Listen, the accolades to the chief. I'm one of 25 counselors when his name was placed before mm-hmm. us for confirmation of chief. I believe that vote was 25 to zero. It might have been 24 to one, but I believe it's 25 to zero. And the transparency has been there. Anything that comes to our attention that we ought to address, we do that. Nothing has came to my attention or any other counselor could I ask them had they been contacted uh, at any level to ask for the chief, to, uh, his conduct, Mary Hill stepping down. Instead, it's just the opposite. We want to give him uh, an applause for the leadership that he showed the city of Indianapolis 
and chief of police. And I want to express those things to you right now and to our audience out there. I have gotten calls since that press conference that was done by two individuals. I've gotten calls that why were they doing this? What has happened? Uh, what did the chief do? Uh, they was on Tina Cosby's show. I was told that the question was asked to them, what did he do or not do to roll to the level of his resignation of shutting down? And no answer was given that rose to the level that he should do what they suggest he do. So that uh, having said that, uh, us on the council, I've asked, talked to several councilors, and we just, we just appalled and shocked this type of thing was expressed uh, to, the, to the people of Indianapolis. We sat behind our chief. He one of the finest chiefs that we've ever had in the city of Indianapolis, along with several other chiefs, but he certainly rides to that level to where we would give him all that he is due if he should ever decide to step down and retire or move to some of He will receive accolades from all over the country because some of the things that he's Im- implemented here in the city of Indianapolis have been adopted and encouraged in other metropolitan areas in our country. Thank you, Councilman. Take my call. Thank you so much. All right, last call, Chief, before we go, because we're right at the end of the show. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? This is John Malone. John, you got 30 seconds. Hit it. Hey, uh, I just have one thing to say. Well, two things, really. Uh, I don't see where the police chief or the mayor is responsible for the murder because if somebody gets to arguing in a house and one of them pull a gun and shoot the other, there's, I don't care if it's a police standing out. Ten police are standing outside that house. They cannot stop that murder. And another thing I have to say is when a police shoots someone and kills them, they are suspended with pay. I think they should be suspended without pay. And then if they are found not guilty, then they get back pay because that's the way it is in every other uh, job. Okay, that's all I got to say. All right, appreciate the thought. Thank you very much. Uh, Chief, as we get ready to wrap up, um you are uh, the chief of IMPD who, uh, quite frankly, serves at the, the pleasure of the mayor of Indianapolis. Now, uh, there is a, an election going on, happens to be coming up uh, in less than two months now uh, for mayor of Indianapolis. Uh, Joe Hogsett wants a third term, which would be another four years. Uh, Joe Hogsett has said on record in the past couple of weeks he has no issues with your leadership. He enjoys having you as the chief. Is not at this point has no intention on switching chiefs or reassigning you. Uh, straight up and down question for you: Do you have another four years left in you to, as chief of IMPD? You've been doing this for thirty six years. You want to make it to forty? <laughs> uh, well, I, I'll be honest. It, it, it does take a toll. Uh, it really does. Not. Not just only on me, but uh, my family as well. Um, however, uh, if the, the mayor requested that I stay for, then uh, I certainly would give that strong consideration. That's about as clear as I can get on that. Understood. Uh, let, let me let me just say this, though, Cameron. I would love to uh, come back on your show again, uh, if nothing else, to to survey your audience on what do they believe are the solutions to uh, some of the things that we deal with here? Your last caller was, was correct. I, very difficult for myself or the mayor and our staff to, to stop murders. Uh, but that, that is the most frustrating part of this job 
is, uh, you know, I'm a, a resident of uh, Indianapolis. I, I want to see crime go down. And a lot of the crime has gone down. Uh, the murders are, are we're, we're down, I think, today 8% over this time last year. Uh, but that's nothing to shout about. Mm-hmm. There's still way too many people uh, killing each other for, for for a variety of reasons, none of which are good, right? Uh, I, and I'm always curious to, to hear what the community, uh, whether it's the clergy or, or anybody in the community, uh, feels are the answers to that. Uh, because we, we've got to get over this. We, somehow, some way, we've got to find uh, the way to get this solved, to drop those numbers. All right, uh, Chief. Again, I just want to—I just wanted to be fair and make it clear to folks that when it comes, because the the specific thing that you were being criticized on were two things that I can tell you without opinion, but fact on. Because when it comes to accountability, everything you say is on the news. You can go to Fox fifty nine, THR, whoever you want. What he's done is online. That's just fact. And when it comes to transparency, I can tell you as a journalist. Uh, when I call him for something here or when it's at Fox 59 or even when I was at Channel 6, um, I did not and do not get stonewalled. I don't I talk to other reporters as well to just say, hey, when you call chief, you nope, he answers every time. Um, so I just wanted the listeners to understand firsthand that I get it across the country. There are bad chiefs and there are chiefs that are lousy. And there are public officials who don't want to answer questions, who uh, are always busy when the the same show that comes on every Sunday at eight. um, They're always busy, can never make it. Um, People make it when they make this a priority and they understand who's listening. Uh, And I'm just I just flat out. Every time I've called somebody from IMPD to do something, they answer. Now, it's maybe it's not always as quick as anybody wants, because we all want everything to happen five seconds before it should have. But that's just the nature. But the chief does show up. And if he's not here, Kendall's here or uh, Chief Bailey's here, be it TV or whatever. And so, again, while those are issues that happen in other cities and it could happen in Indianapolis with a different chief. I just want to spread the fact that that's not been the experience in my personal experience with this chief. I don't think that's uh, I, I, I think that's just straight up and down. Uh, fair and I ch- and I would encourage anybody uh, who wants to talk to the chief to reach out to him. Chief, I've heard you say before. Um, I've heard you give out your email address for people to reach out to you and, and have a meeting. As we get ready to wrap up, we've gone over five minutes, but I give you that opportunity right now to uh, extend your contact information. Yeah, they can. Uh, easiest way is to contact me via email. It's just Randall R A N D A L, just one L. Dot Taylor T A Y. L-O-R at Indy, I-N-D-Y, dot gov, G-O-V. And then if you've reached out to the chief, which no one said today that they've reached out to the chief and they have, he doesn't show up at their event or he doesn't respond to their emails or he doesn't, you don't see him out on the, in the community, he's not accessible. Nobody called and said that. But if you have that experience, call here and let us know. I think, I think, that, I think that'd be a fair, that's fair, right, chief? Yes, all right. With that said, that's going to do it for this edition uh, of uh, Open Lines. Chief, again, thank you for coming on and spending an entire hour uh, as with us and answering whatever question came across uh, the phone lines. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, Cameron. All right. That's going to do it, y'all. I got to tell you, there are folks 
in other agencies and departments in Indianapolis who I have tried to get on this show that always have a reason why they can't come. I ain't gonna out them out right now. Could be in education, could be in police departments, lawmakers. There are folks who show up because they get the importance of answering the questions directly from y'all. And there are other people who there's always a thing on Sunday at 8 a.m. Nah, I'm not available till 9. Dad gone. That's when his show's over. Dang. All right, we're back same time, same station next Sunday live at 8. I'll see you tomorrow morning live starting at 4 a.m. on Fox 59.